On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, the something special for Model 3 line waiters is finally revealed. I stumbled upon a dual-motor Model 3 in San Francisco. Porsche throws a little shade in the direction of Model S and more. Ryan McCaffrey here, Daisy the Boxer Puppy over there. Welcome to Ride the Lightning. It is the Tesla unofficial podcast, episode number 135 for March 4th, 2018. We are into March. And uh, lots going on this week. I don't even want to mess around. Let's get right to it. I want to tell you first about the something special that we've been waiting and waiting on and wondering is it ever coming? I honestly, I have to be honest, I'd given up hope. I thought the ship sailed, it's not happening. Deliveries have been happening, and I, I wasn't too broken up about it. Again, you know, I waited in line to get a car. Anything else would have been a nice little bonus. Uh, and it turns out we will, in fact, get that nice little bonus. The so-called something special is a die-cast Model 3, uh, which was first posted to Reddit and has since sort of made its way around a little bit, including a, a guy on YouTube was sent one by someone at Tesla, and I watched his unboxing video uh, to show it off. And I have to say, you know, it's pretty nice. It's pretty nice. It's not huge. Like, if, if you happen to have seen the crazy detailed, very expensive die-cast Model S that Tesla sells for, I think, a couple hundred dollars, it's not that. It is a 1 to 43 scale. It looks like, from what I can tell, that it's Roughly maybe twice the size of a Matchbox or Hot Wheels car. In fact, uh, right on my desk as I record, I have a, uh, let's see, it's the it's a Hot Wheels Tesla Roadster and, let's see, a Matchbox. White, uh, yeah, well, that's white, right? Not silver. White Model S car. It's about, you know, so most of you probably know from from either if you have kids or from your own childhood about the size of a, of a Hot Wheels or Matchbox car. Seems like it's about double that, and again, 143 scale. 1243, I should say. It comes in a, a fairly slick-looking clear rectangular display case with uh, Model 3 badged on the base of it. And I'll tell you, so there, the one thing that's still up in the air a little bit, there's one posters, one rumor on Reddit saying that it's going to come in the same color as your car. So it will, in fact, be, you know, not like, a, not quite 100% personalized, but, you know, there'll be cars in every color uh, for you to, to get one that matches your car. But there's another person that claims to have taken delivery and received one, uh, but that person got a red toy, even though his car, his real-life car, is not red. And, in fact, the one that this uh, guy on YouTube was sent was also red. So it, it looks like they're all going to be red, uh, but can't 100% say one way or the other on that yet. Should, have, should know for sure in the next week or two at the most since uh, that the first round of, of uh, non-owners, here, in, at least here in California, will probably start taking delivery pretty soon. So, you know, after looking at it, I have to say, I'm happy with it. You know, it's a, it's a fun memento that I can put on my shelf to remind me of waiting in line uh, and remind me the day that I'll ultimately get my car. Cause, and I already, you know, I, have, I have definitely have pleasant memories of, of that night. I waited at the Palo Alto store. If you, if you were listening, if you're a longtime listener, it was episode 35 was the one that, it was like a two-hour episode that, that covered uh, my overnight line wait. I had some... I did like some sort of man on the street interviews with my fellow line waiters. And then I actually went to the Model 3 event. I was lucky enough to go and had my analysis and all that from that. That, that's, uh, that's, that might be the episode I'm most proud of because it's like it's almost like a, its own story. Like it's got a beginning, middle, and end. Anyway, um, so yeah, this diecast model will, will remind me of that. And that was a, a fun night where I met some great people and. And, you know, and ultimately, I didn't even know what the car looked like. All of us that waited in line on March 31st did not know what anything about the Model 3, uh, including what it looks like. So, you know, I as far as this die-cast toy car being the something special, 
again, you know, it, it's not a big deal. It's, it's a nice little thing. Of course, being offered signature red paint as a paid option, that was what <laughs> those of you that have been listening for a little while know I was really crossing my fingers and toes for. Uh, after that, when that ship seemed to have sailed, I was hoping that maybe we'd get the, the small, the 400 kilowatt hour block of, of uh, annually renewable free supercharging once Tesla changed their supercharging policy. And, you know, that because that's only, it, it works out to like $40 a year or something. That didn't happen, but but that's okay. This is a this is a nice, cool little after the fact bonus. And again, when I waited in line to reserve this car, I wasn't expecting anything. So uh, the we're not sure yet. Nobody's sure if if these diecast toy cars are going to be mailed out to people, you know, based on maybe the timestamp of their Model Three reservation, or if you'll simply receive it when you take delivery of your car. Still waiting waiting to figure that out again. Should get the answer to that in the next week or two as well. Next up this week, uh, I found myself the subject of an Electrek news post. Not me literally, but uh, it, was, it was sourced from me. And to say I wasn't, didn't think it was quite that newsworthy, I guess, but I guess plenty of people found it interesting. I was out walking Daisy and uh, here in San Francisco, and I spotted... I spotted a Model 3 on the street, beautiful red Model 3 with the 19-inch sport wheels. So, you know, I always I always like to take a look. And, and every time I've spotted one, I've been in the habit of taking a look at the VIN number just out of sheer curiosity to see, all right, you know, is this one of the super original ones? Is it new? How, you know, how high are the VIN numbers up to? There's, there is a whole thread on the Tesla Motors Club forums that are, that's tracking exactly that, like sort of as a, oh, how high, you know, what's just get a, a general idea of production out of Tesla. So I, uh, you know, I just walked by the car and I noticed it had manufacturer plates. So this was a company car. And, uh, and because of that, I saw the, I came up from behind it. I thought, okay, well, this VIN number will probably be in the 300s because those are the release candidate cars. Instead, it the VIN number on this car was 8370, which I came to look up and find out later is one of, in fact, the very first of the publicly registered dual motor VIN numbers. That's, uh, remember, I did the story a few weeks ago of Tesla registering a block. They've actually done a couple blocks, but uh, this, they did a block of dual motor VIN numbers that, uh, that registered, that Tesla registered and and the uh, the source of that, the, the, there's an account that's tracking this. It's on Twitter. It's at Model3Vins, V-I-N-S. I went back to that to look and see what the range was. And sure enough, it's, like I said, 8370, which is the first one in uh, that first registered block of dual motor cars. As I said, it's a red car with 19-inch sport wheels and a black interior. So it didn't have, it, you know, nothing about it jumped out at me as as immediately something special, but, because uh, <laughs> believe me, I keep hoping uh, that maybe I'll run into a white interior Model 3. I mean, it's, you know, I live in the right place for it in the, here in the Bay Area. There is there is a shot I could stumble upon one at some point, but um, we'll see. I Because I, I also, I happen to know just from the regular daisy walks around where I live, there are a couple of Tesla employees near me. And I know that because I'll see, I regularly see uh, Teslas with manufacturer plates and it's, it's always a different car. So it's clearly somebody on, or multiple somebody's on either, you know, I don't know if it's the engineering, various engineering teams or what that are taking homes, taking cars home, pardon me, for some sort of evaluation. But uh, now I know where to find, <laughs> I know where to look again to see uh, if maybe this employee will bring home another dual motor VIN. Maybe, the, maybe this weekend, we'll see. And, and maybe, uh, who knows, maybe I'll stumble upon the white interior. But uh, so I thought that was interesting. Electrek wrote that up and I was, I was like, oh, that's, <laughs> I didn't necessarily think that was big news, but yeah, it's, uh, I guess anything, anything in the world of Tesla is news to Tesla fans these days, especially as we all wait, not only for the Model 3s themselves, but a lot of people, including me, holding out for that dual motor Model 3. Next this week, if you've ever been to the Tesla factory, uh, which, by the way, I recommend 
if once you're an owner, you can uh, sign up for a tour. You know, you do have to sign up pretty far in advance typically, but when once you're an owner, you can sign up for a tour. They don't admit just the general public on the tours, but uh, boy, it, it is it is fascinating. They, they make you sign an NDA, so <laughs> you can't talk about what's on the tour or what you saw, but it's really cool to see what's doing inside Tesla. Anyway, if you have ever been to the factory, you know that the supercharger stalls that are at Fremont, at the factory site, are always busy. They're always full. I happened to be at the factory this week at a friend's invitation for a, uh, for a tour, and not only was every stall full, uh, I happened to notice, but it, the reason I, w I was quick to notice it was because there was a line of what was easily 10 cars waiting for supercharging. Uh, now, I, I've been fortunate enough to do the tour before, but I was eager to do it again in hopes of seeing the Model 3 line. And again, because of the NDA, you're not supposed to talk about anything that you happen to see there. But uh, anyway, the point of this uh, with regard to the factory and that, that's, that busy supercharging site is that Tesla applied for a permit with the city of Fremont to install a 40-stall supercharging station there, which would tie the record for the largest one in North America. There's the Kettleman City one, uh, which is also 40 stalls and, all, and has the, uh, the lounge too. So uh, Tesla applying for a permit with the city of Fremont for that and you got to, you know, it makes sense. If anywhere should have a 40-stall supercharger, as Daisy's, man, she has been super destructive today. She's just digging around in her crate making noise behind me. The crate door is open. She's just in there. Anyway, uh, yeah, if anywhere should have a 40-stall uh, row of, you know, lineup of superchargers, it should be the, the factory site. No ETA on when that 40-stall site will open. But we have seen that Tesla can move pretty quickly on those things when it wants to. And I would expect that they would really want to in this case, given the frequent congestion at the Fremont site. The one thing, though, I have to wonder where the heck they'll put it. Again, if you've been there, you'll kind of know what I'm talking about. Parking is already a disaster in Fremont. So are they going to remove parking spots and just sort of extend from where the superchargers all are now, which is they're all in a line and on one, like a uh, along a sort of it's not a wall, but like a the edge of of a of a just a row of parking. So I don't know if they're just going to extend that and make it a big long thing and take away some parking spots, or if they'll find another area at the factory to put them in. So I, I don't know. Uh, one thing though, one thing I will note about my factory visit this week, actually two things I wanted to note for you. The first is that, I mean, obviously at the factory, even in the parking lot, there are Teslas everywhere of all sorts, S's, X's, some threes. Uh, you might even catch a Roadster here and there as well. And one thing I got to see that I'd never seen in person before, it's actually one of the few Tesla sort of official cool things I've I'd yet to spy with my own eyes in person, the arachnid wheels. I got to see them. It was just a Model S parked that had the arachnid wheels on it. And my goodness, they are, I like them. I like them fine in pictures, but they are very nice in person. They really, really impressed me in, in person. I thought, I thought they were much, much nicer in person than even in the pictures. And what's, you know, what's fun about those arachnid wheels is they remain ultra rare for now because They've still only ever been available via the referral program. They've never been available for direct sale through Tesla. Now, speaking of wheels, I did hear one other little thing while I was at uh, Tesla that I wanted to pass along to you. I think uh, some of you will find this of note, and some of you will just shake your head and go, dang it, Ryan, you, why can't you just let this go? Well, you guys know that I'm... Very excited about the prospect of the 20-inch wheels for Model 3. I, you know, the, that's what was on the Alpha prototypes. I think they just look just a lot better. It's subtle, but I, I really love how they look, how they really, I think they make the car look more aggressive and they fill out the wheel wells a lot more anyway. Uh, you know, we've seen a couple instances of them. 
uh, that that have led led at least led me to believe that there's a good chance that they are going to be officially released. And I I happened to hear this week that the 20 inch sport wheels are definitely happening. I don't know when. And there's one other thing about them, and and I'll phrase it this way. Let me just say, just to leave a little piece of the puzzle for you to think about yourself, uh, I'm told that, let's say, there will be a way to instantly know that they're the 20s versus the 19-inch sport wheels of of the same variety. So I'll let you guys think on that, but... Uh, made me very excited when I heard that little tidbit. So the uh, the 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 I'll be waiting. <laughs> well, I've been waiting. I guess I'll continue to wait. Next up this week, Porsche or Porsche, depending on who you talk to, they're talking a little bit of smack about Model S this week while hyping up their own Mission E four-door electric sedan, which looks great. By the way, I, I really like the design of it. In the latest of a series of interviews that that uh, basically it's internal marketing, more or less, sort of internal editorial content, which a lot of game companies do this, and, and it looks like Porsche is doing it, at least with the Model E, uh, pardon me, the Mission E as well, which makes sense because they need to market to their own fans, their own consumer base to convince them that, hey, the Mission E is going to be really cool. You get, We've never done anything like this, but you you Porsche people should really get get excited about this. Well, Stefan uh, Weckbach, head of the battery electric vehicle program at Porsche, was asked about uh, how Teslas can go zero to 60, uh, in their case, zero to 100 kilometers, which is 62 miles an hour, in under three seconds. And uh, Stefan gave a quote here. He said, but only twice. The third attempt meaning to go zero to 100 kilometers in, uh, per hour in under three seconds. The third attempt will fail. The system is throttled. Porsche drivers won't need to worry about anything like that happening. The Mission E will offer reproducible performance and a top speed which can be maintained for long periods. And that's not all. The longitudinal and lateral dynamics of the Mission E will be typical of a Porsche and represent a real treat for any driver." End quote. Well, Stefan, uh, your your so-called fact about Tesla there, the thing is, you're it's patently false. You're wrong. It's just plain wrong. You are absolutely not limited to two max acceleration ludicrous launches in a P100D. Not even close. There are plenty of YouTube videos at the at just a few keystrokes away that could that could disprove that very, very quickly. Does, uh, does a ludicrous launch slow down a tad depending on the state of charge? Yes, it does. That is true. That does happen. But Stefan here is either lying or grossly misinformed. And, and here's my takeaway from it. I, you know, I don't really care about that. I mean, you know, this is a, this is a Tesla enthusiast podcast and, you know, I want Tesla to do well, and and yeah, I mean, there's a part of me that likes that wants to see them beat everybody else. Even though you know Elon is much more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just he's much more benevolent about it, I guess, than than I am. He's <laughs> he's he's just more evolved than me because he's just like he just wants everybody to make electric cars. And you know, I like to see Tesla do well, and it's. I just get annoyed when when people take shots like this, when rivals take shots like this. Because for me, if I'm the Porsche guy, it's PR 101 here. He was asked a direct question about Tesla. So if you ask me, what he should have done was just pivot. Don't mention Tesla at all and just talk about how the Mission E is being focused as a track car and one that can be run very consistently under track driving conditions, et cetera, et cetera. He kind of did that a little bit, but I just he did he veered off there and took the shot at Tesla, which I think just uh, it just doesn't doesn't make him look good. It's you know it comes off badly in my opinion when you give an answer like that. It, the people he's targeting again, like I said a minute ago, Porsche people presumably. Those people want to hear about how great of a Porsche it's going to be, despite it being electric. 
they, those people probably don't really care about what Tesla is doing. They are Porsche fans. They want uh, to be reassured that this is going to be a great Porsche. And even if those people did care about Tesla, the mission ease specs currently don't, uh, the sort of, well, at least some of them, we, you know, it does remain to be seen whether or not uh, the Mission E will be a great track car, which the, the S is not. That's not really what it's built for. And that's, of course, that's a big question mark about the next generation Roadster. But uh, anyway, even if Porsche's customers here did want to hear about Porsche versus Tesla, well, you know, the 0 to 60 acceleration of the Mission E, nowhere near the Model S P100D. Uh, the range of the Mission E, nowhere near what the uh, Model S P100D is. You're talking 315 miles range on the P100D versus 250 estimated. We don't even have official uh, EPA numbers for Mission E yet. So in my humble opinion, Porsche would be wise to avoid those topics whenever possible with, with their customers, both current and future potential. And instead, just focus on your car's strengths. Hopefully the Mission E is going to be awesome. We shall see. But another, another week, another, another competitor taking a little pot shot at Tesla. Uh, speaking of taking pot shots at Tesla, those of you who've been following Tesla for a long time may remember a little show called Top Gear and the time that they featured the Tesla Roadster back in the day, pre, you know, long pre-Model S, back when the Roadster was the only Tesla in existence. They did a segment on the show. Uh, they had the, the battery run out. Uh, the Tesla alleges that they staged the whole thing. And I, I, from what I recall, there was some sort of admission about that, but Tesla sued them and lost and then appealed and lost. So, you know, the courts did not find that Tesla was damaged in any way, I suppose, based on uh, the case. But anyway, that the point being that Tesla and Jeremy Clarkson and the Top Gear crew, uh, they don't have the best relationship. But on uh, their new show, Grand Tour, the Grand Tour, meaning the, the Top Gear guy's new show, they did feature a Model X P100D ludicrous car on uh, on a recent episode. I actually meant to do this for you a couple weeks ago when it first came out. I just forgot and got super busy with, you know, the, the shows were already super long. But so this week I wanted to remember to throw this in. So they were they were uh comparing a bunch of SUVs. They had a they had a Land Rover in there, they had the Model X. Uh so you, uh, definitely worth checking out. And I just wanted to play you a short clip Again, setting up for you the history of Jeremy Clarkson with Tesla. Uh, and he addresses this in the full episode. You're not going to hear it in this clip. But I just wanted to play a clip for you here of Jeremy Clarkson drag racing the Model X versus, uh, I think you'll hear it in the clip, like an Audi R8 Spider or, some, or with the V10 or something. like uh, the Whatever the super high-end bad boy Audi R8 is. So take a listen to Jeremy Clarkson rocking and rolling in a race against a, a supercar in a Tesla Model X P100D. So you're thinking it's a fun-filled family car with show-off doors and lots of stuff to excite your inner child. But that there's nothing here for the enthusiastic motorist. Hmm. Not so fast on that one because... What I'm going to do now is drag race this family SUV against a mid-engined, V10-powered, 600-horsepower Audi R8. Right, before I do this, I'm going to engage what's called ludicrous mode. There we are. Hold on, I've got a choice. really want to do this. No, I want my mommy. Yes, bring it on. There we are. And then, because I have the mental age of a nine-year-old, I'm going to use the warp speed graphic. And there it is. Right, good. I'm ready.
properly ludicrous. 100 miles an hour. 105, 110, 112. Yeah, he's coming. But not fast enough. <laughs> that is astonishing. Well, I'm guessing that you can pick out the part of that clip where he stomped on the accelerator and started that race against that Audi R8. <laughs> it was very, very cool to hear Jeremy Clarkson be super enthusiastic about a Tesla. You know, their only real complaint, if you watch the full segment, which I encourage you to do, was uh, came at the end when they talked about the price. You know, the, the P100DX is, yes, it's uh, quite expensive. You know, you're up in the $150,000 kind of neighborhood. So if you are an Amazon Prime subscriber, I do highly recommend checking out the full episode. It's in season two of the Grand Tour, and it's episode number 10. And they do address that lawsuit that I mentioned from the Roadster years. Uh, they, they address it in the, in the beginning of the segment, actually all throughout the segment, in a really fun and cheeky way that I thought was, uh, was very, very well handled. So check that out. Finally this week, before I get to the Ride the Lightning hotline and all of your fantastic calls once again this week, we've got uh, on the Model 3 showroom watch, we've got two new stores getting Model 3s on display for you to see, sit in, and play with, do everything but drive. And they are both in Canada. What's up, Canada? You got your delivery dates moved up for your all-wheel drive versions. So you've got a couple of uh, Model 3s, one on, uh, I don't want to call it quite a one on each coast because Toronto is not on the, <laughs> not on the East Coast, but you've got one in the Vancouver store that's on West 4th Avenue and another in Toronto at the Yorkdale location. So passing that along as always as uh, a listener service in case any of you are in either of those. I know I've got plenty of listeners in both of those cities, so uh, do go check out that Model 3. That wraps it up for the news this week. Again, plenty of excellent calls, a lot of great topics to discuss in the Ride the Lightning hotline, which I'll do for you right after this. Well, you listen to me go on for about 20, 30 minutes there. It's your turn here in the Ride the Lightning Hotline. Your questions, your comments, your discussion topics. Let's hear them. Let's talk about them. Uh, of course, you can call into the Ride the Lightning Hotline anytime via a couple of different very easy ways. You can either record a question using the built-in voice recording program on your smartphone and email that file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Alternatively, you can call in anytime, day or night, and leave a message on the toll-free Ride the Lightning hotline, which you can dial up at 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake, Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Let's start off with a question that's been asked more and more lately. It's a big one. We've got a call here from Anur Beck from Tesla Geeks, who says that he spoke to someone at Tesla uh, that is telling him Model 3 owners will get referral codes. So Anur Beck, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan. Uh, this is Anwar Beck from the Tesla Geeks. Uh, I was listening to your... Uh, last episode, 134, and you'd mentioned that one of your listeners had mentioned that they sold their X and bought a Model 3, and they no longer had a referral code with Tesla. I did, That didn't sound right to me, so I called my friends at Tesla and double-checked the guys that looked after the referral program, and they're telling me that model first-time Model 3 owners do get a referral code from Tesla, and they can refer Model S and X as well as solar uh, people to Tesla and still uh, qualify for the referral program. So I don't know if you want to double check with your friend. Uh, he can just call Tesla and see what's what's going on. But I'm pretty sure first time Tesla Model 3 owners will qualify to participate in the referral program. Thanks a lot. I uh, really enjoy the show. We listen to it every week. Keep up the great work, man. Thanks. Bye-bye. 
Anorbeck, thank you so much for that. So there's <laughs> the only problem with this is that I had a couple of other folks email me to say the exact opposite thing. So not that I don't trust you, because I do, especially since you said you spoke to Tesla, but I went ahead and did what I didn't have time to do for last week's show. I emailed my Tesla PR contact about it. Fortunately, I did get a very prompt reply back that was quite definitive, and I was told, yes, the same thing that you were told. Model 3 owners do get a referral code, but it can only be used by folks who are buying a Model S, Model X, or solar technology. It cannot be, you cannot refer people to buying a Model 3, even though you own a Model 3. So, um, Hope that makes sense for everybody. I know I'm clear on it now. That feels good. So uh, we're all going to have referral codes in the not-too-distant future, which is nice. Next up is David from Utah, who mentions a new bill. So, you know, these come around, these bills to legalize Tesla in a particular state. Uh, Utah is a state that was so close to being able to sell Teslas legally, meaning direct-to-consumers, that they actually built and were about to open a big, beautiful showroom and service facility, and that got uh, a big wrench thrown in it at the last minute, which still is uh, you know, just not being f- used to its full capacity. So here is David to tell us uh, about a new bill on the table and what Utah folks can do to try and uh, get it, help get it passed. David, you're on the air. Hey Ryan, David from Utah. We are currently in the legislative session in Utah and up for a vote again is a Tesla bill. Uh, We've been trying to get Utah to legalize Tesla direct sales for years now. And um, again, this year, Representative Kim Coleman has another bill to legalize Tesla sales in the state. Um, So I wanted to call and ask your listeners to contact their representative if they live in Utah and tell them to vote in favor of the bill. The bill is HB 369, and the um, representative that's sponsoring the bill is, again, Kim Coleman. If you don't know who your representative is, um, you can do a Google search um, to find out pretty easily. There's a website on utah.gov that uh, helps you find your representative and their contact information. So please have your listeners call or email their representative and tell them to vote in favor of HB 369 so we can finally have Tesla sales in the state of Utah. Thanks. Bye. Thank you, David. I hadn't heard that another bill was on the table, so I really, really appreciate you bringing it to my attention. As always with these, I am more than happy to help get the word out. And in fact, David, you've already included all of the relevant info that anybody needs. So I have nothing to add to this. Uh, Thanks so much for calling with all the information. Good luck, Utes. That is what uh, people from Utah are referred to, right? Californians and it's Utes, right? It's not Utahns. I think it's Utes, because isn't one of the schools, one of the universities, are the Utes? Anyway, uh, really hope that this passes. HB 369. Thank you, David, from Utah. Let's move to Grant from Minnesota calling in from his Model 3. Let's hear about it, Grant. Hey, Ryan. It's Grant uh, calling from Minnesota. Um, I am calling you from my Model 3. It's awesome. <laughs> I I love this car. Uh, I picked it up on Saturday. Today is Monday, and uh, I've clocked in almost 200 miles on it. Um, I took today off uh, just so I could drive my friends and coworkers around, people that have had to listen to me talk about getting a car for almost two years, and uh, it's awesome. Everybody's got that same, oh, wow, uh, and smile and kind of giggle every time you stomp that accelerator. This thing is a blast. Um, it's it's beautiful. It's minimal. It's so sleek. Uh, it feels well built. It feels like a luxury car. The ride is a little stiffer, um, but but not bad. It feels sporty and fun and zippy. Um, 
it's it's just wonderful. Um, I had my car delivered in uh, 15 days. Ordered on Friday. About two weeks later, it had made it to the state here in Minnesota, and I got to pick it up on uh, Saturday at, at noon. My wife and I went down, and it was a wonderful experience. They do a wonderful job. I I love it so far. All glowing. Everything is great. Um, <laughs> I hope your delivery window for the all-wheel drive model comes soon for you, and uh, we'll talk soon, man. Keep up the great work. Bye-bye. Congratulations, Grant. I can absolutely hear the enthusiasm in your voice. Uh, and by the way, I so, so love that you went so far as to take the day off. I would be curious if any of your friends or coworkers that you showed the car to didn't like it. I, I maybe keep keep me updated on that one more time after another week or two to see uh, after you've rounded up a bunch of impressions from family and friends and and see what the general consensus is from people that that haven't been following Tesla and listening to a Tesla podcast. You know, I'd I'd be curious about that. Anyway, enjoy the car. Our next call is an anonymous one from a gentleman who rented a Model S for a couple weeks uh, and is trying to sort of figure out if the Model 3 is going to be the right car for him. So, sir, you are on the air. Hi, Ryan. I had the opportunity to rent a Model S for two weeks while on vacation last summer. Many of the reviews for the Model S talk about what a large vehicle it is, but my current vehicle is an ICE minivan. I was surprised by how tight the Model S was once we got my wife and I, two kids, and two car seats into it. Uh, We were barely able to get all of our luggage into the trunk. The Model S was an amazing vehicle, and I loved driving it, but it was a bit too small for my family. I currently have a Model 3 reservation, but as it is smaller than the S, I don't think it'll be the right vehicle for us. I'd love to get a Model X, but I can't justify spending that kind of money on a vehicle. With what we do know about the Model Y at this point, I'm curious if you could make an educated guess on what its size will be. In terms of seating and cargo capacity, is there a vehicle currently on the market that you think would be comparably sized? I realize that even the Model X doesn't have the storage of a minivan, but I'm hopeful that the Model Y will work for our family. Thanks. Well, since you've been in the S, I think it might actually be easier to compare to that and the 3. We obviously don't know the size of the Model Y officially, but seeing as how the Model X is wider and a bit longer than the Model S and the Model S is wider and longer than the Model 3, I think it's fair to guesstimate that the Model Y will be between the width and length of the S and the 3. I wonder if that might work for you. We certainly can't answer that question for you yet, but let me give you one other suggestion. I would advise you, if you have not done so already, to go take a look at the Model X. If you happen to like it, Maybe keep an eye out for a used Model X in a year or two, and maybe the price will have come down uh, into your range enough to make it something that that, uh, makes it a viable option for you. Thanks so much for calling in. Our next caller is Travis from Ohio with a a couple of questions I think I can help him out with. Travis, you're on the air. Hi, Ryan. It's Travis from Ohio. I've got two quick questions and then a comment. Question one. Do Tesla's brake lights come on when they're regenerative braking? And does the strength of the braking setting make any difference in that? Question number two, I live in Ohio. My parents live in the Bay Area, where I grew up. Um, I've switched my address in the Tesla account to the Bay Area address for my parents. So would there be any complications in having my Model 3 delivered there, going there, picking it up, and then registering it in Ohio? And do you think that that would make any difference? I know that that would be speculation since none of us have the inside scoop from Tesla, but do you think that that will help me at all on the tax front uh, with with a 7,500 tax credit? Now, my comment is if you follow SpaceX at all, you're aware that this week they just launched the Poth satellite for Spain and piggybacking along were the two prototype uh, satellites for what will eventually become the Starlink network, which will be a vast uh, uh, low-Earth orbit Um, satellite network owned by SpaceX providing broadband internet to underserved areas all over the globe. Um, But I wonder if maybe they also plan to use that to do imaging. Um, Because that would perhaps be able to get a a better deal for Tesla getting their imagery from SpaceX than uh, using maps built from Google. And they may also be able to use their their imagery from the Starlink network to get high-definition 
mapping for full self-driving. All right, I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Thanks. Travis, I have good news for you all around. First, yes, the brake lights do come on during regen. I mean, considering that in, in many daily applications, you can pretty much drive any Tesla with one pedal, it would actually be kind of dangerous to both you and others if the brake lights didn't come on when regen was slowing down the car. Second, yes, you can absolutely do that, and there were examples of owners in other states doing exactly what you propose, and they did get their cars sooner than other non-California folks. I'm not sure when your particular reservation was placed, but if it was anywhere close to day one, you should be golden on the tax credit front regardless, based on everything we've been hearing. Oh, and for as far as Tesla using those SpaceX satellites for mapping, that wouldn't surprise me at all, honestly. You may have read recently how certain analysts think it's a foregone conclusion that Tesla and SpaceX are going to merge. I personally don't see it. I'm obviously just an armchair nothing. I'm just a guy at a desk who, who is a super fan of Tesla. Uh, I'm not a financial professional or a business professional even, but I just don't see a value there for Elon Musk, and he controls both companies because he can already leverage both companies, and they don't both have the same ultimate mission in the same way that Tesla and Solar City did, and it made more sense for those companies to come together. Plus, one other thing, SpaceX is a private company, and Elon has said in the past that he wishes that Tesla could still be private. So uh, bringing SpaceX into a public company would seem to go against his thoughts there. Anyway, I know that's getting off topic from your question a bit, but I hope that helps. Let's go next to Paul in Connecticut, who is wondering, uh, he has a, a, speaking of states that don't allow Teslas, he's got a delivery concern, uh, and maybe we can help talk him through that. Paul, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. It's Paul from Connecticut. Like many of us, I'm eagerly waiting my Model 3, which I hope to get in the next few months. I've reserved at a store in Massachusetts, and I recently heard from a new Model 3 owner in Vermont who reserved the same store in Massachusetts and was told that he could not pick up the car there because he's not a Massachusetts resident, which was something that I'd never heard before. Uh, he explained to me that Tesla had arranged to ship his Model 3 directly to his home using a third-party auto transporter in an enclosed trailer. And he said that the delivery driver was very friendly and familiar with Teslas. He had driven, uh, delivered them often. Uh, but it brings up a question to me. I'm happy to receive it at my home, but what if I notice defects from the factory, uh, panel gaps or misalignments? Is that something that can be repaired post-delivery or corrected post-delivery uh, at one of the service centers, or um, do I receive it as... as in as-is condition. So any uh, advice or input you can give me would be greatly appreciated. Thanks as always for the show. Take care. So you'll be okay, Paul. Just make sure to do the same thing that you would do if you were picking it up at a Tesla store or even the Tesla factory. And that is do a thorough inspection on your car and document everything that you see because what Tesla will do for you is create what's called a do bill and they will schedule you for a service center visit to address the items that you raise on your do bill. Let's hear from a uh, regularly awesome caller, Bob from Austin, wanted to comment on the rumored interior refresh. Bob, what have you got for me? Hello, Ryan. Bob from Austin. Since you mentioned on your last podcast that uh, your source had the rumor or was verifying the rumor that an interior refresh is coming. I thought I'd give a few comments that I have on that. I myself own a Model S uh, with a refresh design. Uh, and I've got to say that the exterior is just gorgeous. It's classic. It's beautiful. And I'm glad to hear, at least at the rumor stage, that they're not going to be changing the outside. It's just a stunning car. Now, as for the inside, I like mine. I would call it minimalist, as other people do. Very clean, very elegant. Gets the job done. And it's very stunning when people get in the car, they say, man, this is nice. So I'm really happy with it. But I understand that other people disagree. 
they want more storage, for example, or they want more something inside the car other than the simple lines that it has now. And they did hire recently, of course, two uh, high-profile names who had designed luxury interiors of other automobiles. So I assume they're doing something at Tesla right now. To get a feel, I went and sat in a brand-new Mercedes S-Class. And I got to tell you, the interior of that car is, is just amazing. It's luxurious feeling. It's it's rich and classic feeling. And I sat there, and I just was surrounded by luxury. But as I looked around, I said, man, there sure are a lot of knobs and buttons inside this car. It's a very busy car. And I got out and got back into my Tesla. I said, boy, I sure do like this. But I know that uh, some people want a little different design, and we'll see what's coming. I just hope that when these luxury car designers that Tesla hired redo the interior of the Tesla, that they keep our, our roots in mind and don't make it too busy, don't make it too over-luxurious. I'm sure Fonz will take care of that. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bob, let me tell you that I would not worry about a thing. In fact, Tesla is doubling down the opposite way. They're going more minimalist. Look at a Model 3. I don't know if you've had a chance to see one in person yet, but that is what's going to inform the S and X interior redesign whenever it does happen. I would expect door pockets, seat back pockets, uh, coat hooks, probably some more creature comforts. Maybe, you know, I'm just spitballing here. The reintroduction of cooled seats that would be, you know, much better than the not super great cooled seats that Tesla had in the X for the at the beginning there. And as I speculated on my New Year's Eve prediction show, just maybe the S and the X will get that heads-up display because remember that Elon has said repeatedly in the past that the S and the X will get all the coolest gadgets gadgets first. Uh, again, it's a matter of when, not if this happens. So yeah, I'm just I'm really looking forward to seeing what Tesla comes up with for the the higher end Tesla vehicles in the interior department. Now that now that Model Three has sort of established the new generation of Tesla's interior design language. Got, uh, let's see, one, two, three more calls to go, three more excellent calls. Hendrick from Montreal calls in. He's got a Model 3 reservation and wants to talk about cold weather. Not a surprise there from a, a uh, Quebec resident. Hendrick, I hope I can help you out, sir. You're on the air. Hello, Ryan. This is Hendrick. I'm calling from the Montreal area in Quebec, Canada been listening to your show for uh, maybe four months. It's great. makes my trip uh, to work uh, every Monday morning most enjoyable. It's an hour drive or so. It goes by quick. So um, um, I'm a Model 3 reservation holder. Very excited by the fact that us Canadians could get the four-wheel drive sometime this summer. Um, now, uh, I've recently heard and read about uh, this Tesla app update that provides a feature for preconditioning the battery in cold weather. And um, that triggered some research on my part to see uh, what's happening with cold and range. And uh, up to 40% you can lose when it gets cold. And here in Quebec, it can get really cold. Something like, um, you know, well below minus 20 degrees Celsius for weeks in a row, especially at night. So take into account the 40%, uh, then uh, perhaps a 15% buffer on top because you don't want to top off your battery, battery every day, plus another 15% at the bottom. And um, I thought my... Um, the standard battery range of over 200 miles would be plenty as my round trip is 120 but then take into account uh, range loss and the, the buffer you need then uh, you know it tells me that I must get the long range but then I haven't gotten any solid data on the actual effect of cold on range so and how much of the uh, of that can be uh, dealt with with the uh, preconditioning feature so any help and thoughts on this would be greatly appreciated thanks ryan keep up the great work bye hi hendrick thank you for the call i have not great news for you the preconditioning is not going it's almost certainly not going to make a drastic difference when the car is operational 
It's the air temperature, it's the road conditions, the wind, that's what's going to be the primary variable, what are going to be the primary variables, I should say, plural, in your range. So your math still checks out. For your use case that you just lined out, uh, pardon me, laid out, living in Quebec where you've got such a harsh winter time, a 220 mile Model 3 might leave you with very, very little margin for error in the winter time. So hopefully you're able to make the jump to a long range so that you can drive your Model 3 without so much worry in the winter time. Thanks so much for calling in. Bringing it down here, last two calls. John from Rally is expecting delivery of his Model 3, but he's having some trouble. Let's see if we can help him out. John, you're on the air. Howdy, Ryan. This is John Hibbets in Raleigh, North Carolina. Thanks for doing the podcast. I really enjoy listening to it and all the commentary and fun stuff that you put on there. For all of us who are interested in Tesla, I have a question for all the rest of our listeners uh, that we've got going on right now here in North Carolina. I have been expecting delivery of my Model 3 uh, at this point two or three times, and I keep getting calls like right before I'm supposed to pick up my Model 3, and it's, you know, all Tesla official, uh, and they keep pushing back the delivery date for the Model 3. They'll schedule a time for me to pick it up. And I'll even hear from my local dealer, hey, do you want the Apple chargers or do you want us to give you a 30-day tag or other things like that? And then I get another call from you know my delivery schedule guy and he'll say, ah, oh, the car didn't get here. Uh, it's pushed back another two days or it's pushed back another four, four days or you know whatever. I wondered if that was a common experience just outside of my little bubble. All right. Have a good one. And thanks so much for doing what you do. Keep going. John, I am very, very sorry to hear about your experience. Know that it is not typical and it is not okay. Uh, I'm imagining myself in your position and my goodness, it would be so deflating to me. So man, I, I really feel for you. I would escalate it at this point. The best way to do that is to log into your Tesla account, click support and then click Executive Escalation. It's, I mean, it's possible that your car is waiting for a part, maybe it's waiting for a software update, something like that, but regardless, uh, you, my friend, in my opinion, are owed an explanation at this point because Tesla has boy who cried wolfed you three times now, and that's, uh, that's gotta be really, really frustrating. So best of luck to you. Maybe if we're lucky, this has even been resolved by the time this call gets played on the air and you've got your car. But uh, again, yeah, best of luck. And I, I most certainly invite you to call back in once you finally have received your car. Take care, John. Taking us home is our friend Mike from Charlottesville who wants to talk about the range difference that the dual motor might bring to the Model 3. Mike, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan, it's Mike from Charlottesville again. So with a lot of us waiting for our Model 3s and a lot of us probably waiting for dual motors, what is the expected range boost? Like what percentage more to our overall range will dual motors get us? Uh, based on S and X, I'm sure it probably correlates pretty well over to the Model 3. So just wanted to see what you thought about that. Thanks again, and I'll talk to you soon. Later. I'm happy to address this, Mike, since unfortunately you can't easily compare on the Tesla website anymore, seeing as how the single motor Model S's are no longer offered, and obviously Model X always has come with uh, dual motor only. In short, do not expect too much uh, as far as the range boost. It is a little bit of a range boost, or at least it is. it, it was on the S. Uh, I would suspect... My, my guesstimate is 320 miles for the long range dual motor up over, you know, compared to 310 for the rear wheel drive long range battery. Uh, I think that's a, a fairly reasonable expectation. I wouldn't bet on much more than that, though. Uh, you never quite know with the permanent magnet motors that they're using now versus the induction motors on the S and the X. So, you know, in that sense, it's not quite an apples to apples comparison, and we don't know for sure yet, but... I'm expecting an official rating of about 320 for the long-range dual-motor Model 3, and let's say maybe 230 or so for the standard battery 
dual motor edition. Thanks, Mike. And I remind you, as always, like I said at the top here, if you want to call in, I encourage you to do so. You've got a couple of different ways to do that. You can either use your smartphone's built-in voice recorder, record something, and then email the file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com, or you can call in the toll-free Ride the Lightning Hotline and leave a message anytime, day or night. That toll-free number is 1-888-989-8752. Be right back with a few more mentions and wrap things up for you right after this. If you're on Twitter and you'd like to follow me there, I'm at DMC underscore Ryan. And as I've mentioned once or twice on this show, you can always email me. The show email address is teslapodcast at gmail.com. You can also find me on Patreon. If you uh, really get a lot out of the show, you enjoy it, it entertains you, it informs you, you'd like to support my efforts here, uh, you can do so on Patreon, the page with all the information and uh, other things you might want to see there. It's at patreon.com slash teslapodcast. Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And let me thank the Patreon producers. These are the uh, kind group of folks who support me at the $20 level or higher each month. Thank you so much to Jeff Bartram, Paul Hussey, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassioppo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Alexi Heft, Lisa Kaz, Michael Oprey, Logan Willis, Matthew Para, Michael Lester, Robert Maracle, John Lasher, Jason Chalukas, Emotion Rentals, Richard Ouellette, Sean Fournier, Tim Hyde, Marcus Mayenshine, Lee Sweet, Lars Hoffman, Orion Coates, uh, Peter Chalet, Harold Plug, Kenneth Martin, Michael Callahan, Rome Strack, David Vakil, and Ulrich Lassa. Thank you all so, so much. Uh, if you are going shopping for you or your Tesla, visit abstractocean.com for all kinds of Tesla accessories, whether it's a screen protector film for your Model 3 S or X, maybe it's a, an interior upgraded, improved, uh, rather improved interior lighting kit. The puddle lights have been super popular. You can check all that out on abstractocean.com. And if you're a first-time customer there, you can use the coupon code RTL podcast at checkout to get 20% off of your very, very first order. Uh, of course, Immaculate Reflections, they're doing killer work out near the Tesla factory protecting the paint jobs on your Tesla, keeping it looking beautiful. They do everything, they do anything or everything you want, whether it's uh, new car delivery prep, whether it's paint correction, paint protection film, C-Quartz finest ceramic coating, uh, et cetera, et cetera. You can uh, check them out at, online at irdetailing.com. You can also see a lot of their work and get customer reviews over on Yelp and Instagram at, uh, if you go to, you know, Yelp or Instagram.com slash immaculate underscore reflections. They've got 16 years of experience, so they are one of the Bay Area's premier detailing solutions. If you're buying an S or an X, you can get yourself free unlimited lifetime supercharging with that car by using my cousin Pat from Arizona's referral code. You can either give the code PATRICK5008 to your sales advisor if you're working with a sales advisor, or if you're just uh, buying your Tesla online through the online store, the, the design studio, just type in ts.la slash PATRICK5008 into your web browser, and you will be locked and loaded to go configure your car with that supercharging included. I think that is everything. Uh, hopefully, most of you subscribe to the podcast already. That's obviously free, but you can do it on any of your favorite, most of your favorite podcast services, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify now, uh, as I mentioned recently. Uh, there's also the podcast hosting site where you can grab individual episode downloads. You can listen to episodes there. Uh, or probably the number one reason you'd want to go there would be to hook into the RSS feed. So you can do all that at teslapodcast.libsyn.com. That wraps it up for me and a very 
very sleepy Daisy the Boxer puppy. She has calmed down from the the uh, insanity she was up to earlier, and her face is just squished into the armrest <laughs> of the couch, and she looks very, very comfortable. Uh, won't be, it'll be time for bed for me pretty soon, too. So I hope you're having an excellent day. I'm not sure what time of day you're listening. Either hope you have a good day or had a good day, whatever the case may be. Uh, it's always great to be with you each and every week here on Ride the Lightning, the unofficial Tesla podcast. Uh, thank you all so much for continuing to listen to me, whether you've been listening for one episode or 135 of them. Uh, it really means a lot, and I appreciate you trusting me with not only your, well, especially your time, but also trusting me to keep you up to date and informed on the world of Tesla, and maybe, maybe even just a little entertained as well. So I'm Ryan McCaffrey. I'll see everybody next week. Happy electric motoring.